Hey everyone, welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Spackman, registered dietitian and mom of three, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping moms master mealtime and become the boss of their kitchen. As you do this, you'll find more peaceful meals through prep and planning. We will do this by focusing on four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode number 92, Insider Secrets to Healthier Family Meals with Laura Fuentes. I have Laura Fuentes with me. She is the creator of Momables, which is her website where she's helped thousands of families improve their health and wellness by helping them establish healthier eating habits as a family with her family kickstart program and weekly meal plans. Laura is bilingual. She was born and raised in Spain and currently lives outside of New Orleans with her husband and her three kids. In her spare time, Laura reads, sleeps, and works out. What she loves most is taking her family on travel adventures. So Laura and I had a great time chatting and a great conversation on how we can create healthier family meals kind of in this pandemic world where we've all got a lot of other stresses going on. So we just discussed the easiest ways to get those meals on the table, dealing with picky eating, the whole shebang when it comes to creating healthier family meals. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and leave with as many little tidbits and nuggets as I did. Let's head over to the interview. All right, everybody. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today. I have Laura here from Momable, and she is all about making the meal planning thing easier for moms, particularly when, well, for moms and parents in general, particularly when it comes to putting healthier meals on the table. So welcome, Laura. Thanks so much, Amanda. I'm super excited to share some tips today that your audience can take home that I know they're really related to everything you always talk about, being being ready for meals, being prepped and just, you know, as parents, we have such hard jobs. So I hope I can give everybody some tips to take home and implement right away. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here again. So to start out, can you just tell me a little bit more? Like I said, I've already introduced you, but can you tell me a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So back in 2000, gosh, six or seven, my first child was going to school and I found myself packing lunches daily. And I really was stumped after I was really excited at the beginning of the year. I was the first time packing lunches. And then a few weeks in, I really did not know what to pack other than her turkey or her ham sandwich that she requested. And you know, back then the internet was not what it is today. We didn't have Pinterest. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have all the resources that are available today. So I really was, you know, stumped for ideas. And at the same time, I was just learning how to cook for my family. I don't come from a culinary background. I have a background in global economics. So really, like many parents, I saw that I needed to just figure out this whole mealtime situation, both for dinners, snacks, and packing lunches. So, um, because the honest truth is that we all want to feed our families fresh, healthy foods, but, you know, life gets in the way. We, you know, we're busy. And I too found myself with two kids who are only 15 months apart and just struggling at six o'clock at night as well. So between the lunches and mealtimes, I was like, okay, I really need to sit down at the beginning of the week, before I go to the grocery store and figure out what it is that we're going to eat every single week, because that was, you know, I I couldn't wing it anymore. I couldn't just buy the same ingredients because that led to eating the same meals. And that's really like the very beginning back in 2007, eight, nine, where I was just, how do I create a plan that's sustainable long-term, right? Like I'm not going to get burned out, you know, be very excited at the beginning, but how do I simplify things? What are some shortcuts that I can take? So I'm not cooking as long. And so that was really the very beginning of how I taught myself how to cook for my family. And then once my kids went to school more, I could, you know, full-time, but meaning, you know, every day, you know, mm-hmm. nine to two or whatever the school schedule was at the time or eight to three. Um, I was like, wow, I'm going to have all this time now 
what if I just, you know, shared the things that I've learned along the way with other parents? And um, my, this is 2010. And my friend's like, hey, there's this thing called a blog. You could put the things that you <laughs> email me because she lived in California. And she's like, yeah, my friend has this thing called a blog. And she sends it. She, you kind of, instead of an email, you take a photo and you put it out on the internet. And then all you have to do is share the link. So instead of sending me the recipes that you're testing, because you see, I had friends like that were also just having kids and I was sending them like every week, like, Hey, I, I made up this recipe or I tried this. Can you, you know, I know you're always looking for food to feed your family. It was like my own test group. So I would email it to them. Right. And it was very inefficient. So I started (laughs) this thing called a blog just to share the things that I was testing the things that I was creating, things, you know, like how did I send, you know, how did I keep my kids' food hot in a thermos? Okay. Cause everybody sees thermoses, but back then, you know, nobody explained to you how to heat them up or how to heat up, how hot should your food be? How to, can you pack a smoothie for lunch? You know, like all these little things um, that there were no answers for. So I started writing posts to do that. And guess what? People started coming to this thing called website. And I was like, what? I couldn't (laughs) believe it. Um, So that was really the very beginning, just out of like solving my own problem, figuring out what I could do. And then as I realized that I was not the only one who didn't know what to make their family for dinner. I was stumped with packing school lunches, right? Like I didn't, I wanted to add variety, but I didn't know how without buying the entire store. And making sure my kids ate it, right? Because I also was struggling with picky eaters. So I was, I really kind of, that was the very beginning of thinking like, wow, if I put together something, also known now as a meal plan, for the people that come to my website with the things that I'm testing, with the organized way of combining ingredients, saving time, this would be so helpful. And so that was really just how I got started, you know, I am a mom to three kids. Now they're 15, 14, and he just turned nine yesterday as we're recording this. So, and I work full time We're, you know, we have activities. So like your audience, I find myself, you know, still needing the, the very things that I started with when my kids were little, because as they grow, they also have, we also continue to have, you know, mealtime struggles, right. Or we're short on time. So that's a little bit about me. And the last fun fact is that I was born and raised in Spain. That is awesome. I love that. Um, I, one thing that really resonates with me that you hit on is just this idea that I think all of us as moms want to serve our kids healthier meals. And we also maybe understand what a healthy meal looks like. We know what kinds of foods to be adding, but we don't really talk about how to make that happen, what that looks like. Can you serve a smoothie for lunch? Because otherwise you do feel really stuck in that rut of those traditional packable foods. Um, and I'm really excited to learn, particularly about school lunches, is that something that I'm just barely delving into myself as my kids are a little <laughs> bit younger. Also very cool that you were born and raised in Spain. Um, my mom is from Puerto Rico, so I've got a little uh, Latin yes. background in me as well. So... <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. So I think you hit on a lot of the big problems and a lot of the solutions, and I'm excited to dig in. So you kind of discussed what problems were facing you when you were a young mom. Uh, What do you think is the biggest problem today that faces parents when they're trying to put a meal on the table, whether that be a school lunch or a dinner or anything in between? Yes. So I mean, there are several problems that I I don't know if it's the biggest, but one big problem that most of us have is that what we want, meaning our expectations for our meals, doesn't actually match what we have either planned or not planned. So what we're doing, right? So our expectations to have a, you know, a variety of foods, right? Like that add nutrition, you know, thinking about it as a week long. So not just like a, in one meal. So making a variety mm-hmm. of meals every week that, you know, our families will actually eat, you know, so that is the expectation. We want healthier meals. We want meals that don't take a lot of time. 
but we're not taking the 10 minutes or 15, depending on how complicated your, you know, your eating uh, styles are, right? A little more thinking when you have food allergies and intolerances or specific dietary needs, but that's not the point. We're not taking, we're actually doing the work of the 10 minute focus of if I want to eat a variety of foods throughout the week, what it, what is it that I'm going to need to purchase? So what are the ingredients that I need that go into certain meals? So allocating our ingredients to a meal is super important and we're just not doing it. Most of us, and I include myself because some weeks are better than others, even though this is what I do for a living. Um, but so most of us parents, we we buy 80% of the groceries that we buy. There was a study done by the um, USDA of, you know, as, as before the pandemic, which is very interesting, is that 80% of the time we purchase the exact same ingredients. So if you really think mm-hmm. about it is we are honestly buying the same foods all the time, which yield the same nutrition, nutritional value. So we're not really getting the variety of nu- nutrients, but yet we expect healthier meals, Right. So mm-hmm. the, the bigger problem is we're just really not planning what we're going to eat, but we expect to have a healthy lifestyle or we want a healthy lifestyle and we're just not really sitting down. We're, we're so busy. And I, I think a lot of the busy is not just with time, but in our minds, right? In the last two years, especially yeah, our, yes. our brains are filled to the max. So we're at maximum capacity of what we can actually think about. And so it's easier to just buy more or less on repeat what we, what we know works. So that's really one of the large, like the big picture problem. Right. And then as a parent, we, we want our kids to eat. We want our kids to eat something and so we're trying to please our family. So we, that's another thing that's feeding into the lack of planning for, for the big picture. Cause we're just like, you know what? I want everybody to eat something. So I don't want to fight and I might as well do what works, but what works, it's not really what's working with what we want. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a good point. Maybe it's working right now in the short term, but not working in the long term as far as your long-term values go because it is so repeat or it's so repeated. And also, I just really like that you pointed out um, that the the same or that maybe even if you are planning something new, planning those vegetables, if you're not planning how you're going to execute that, then once again, you're still not going to necessarily make any changes, um, even if you did pick up something new from the store. If that makes sense. Yeah, and it so. can be really simple. And that's because that's, and I want to encourage you if you're listening, you're like, yeah, that's me not really planning, but yep, I really do purchase the same stuff. I'm not here to call you out. I'm here to encourage you to just take a few minutes, right? And figure it out what it is and how can you do it? And hopefully we're going to talk more about the actual action steps, but that the point of that was not to call anyone out. The point is just to, hey, you can really do it really simply. Okay. So I I do want to encourage your listeners to keep, keep listening for that. How? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And to say that we've been there, we've kind of understood that same feeling, um, and have found ways to overcome it ourselves. And I'm with you that same with me that some weeks look better than others. There's definitely times when yeah, that's why I included I myself in. I'm like, hey, yep. listen, <laughs> yep, um, it's me raising my, raising my yep. hand over here. <laughs> okay, awesome. So to start getting into that, how, uh, what do you think is the first step a parent can take? Maybe kind of go back to where you were when you were first starting with this. What's the first thing to do when, as a parent, you want to make healthier meals for your family, you want to make healthier choices, you've those are the expectations like you talked about. Um, but you just, you have no idea where to start. Yeah. So the easiest place to start is to continue doing what it is that you're doing with your week, but just pick one day or one meal where you'll make a new recipe or a new lunch, right? Whatever it is that you're struggling with, if it's dinner time. Because you're like, oh, we're eating chicken four times a week. Okay, so let's just pick one of those nights and let's find something 
other than your go-to recipes. The problem that I've been finding is that when people are overwhelmed and don't know where to start, and then someone's like, here, everything's new. Then Then they're like overwhelmed and they can do it short term, but not long-term. So if you're just Mm -hmm. getting started, I encourage you to just pick one, maybe two different dinners a week. Okay. And pick two new recipes. You don't have to overhaul your entire life or your entire mealtime situation in order to make small changes that can yield long lasting results. So what I want to encourage you is I know everybody, if you're listening, you follow people on social media that share recipes or that you, um, or you have a Pinterest account. I want to encourage you to just print out two new recipes a week, maybe once for breakfast or for, or a different, you know, salad for lunch or a different sandwich combination or something other than a sandwich. Maybe it's a soup since we're in wintertime when we're recording this, right? Um, but just print out two things and every week, get used to printing out those two recipes, right? With ingredients that your family more or less will eat. We could talk a little bit more about that. And then just start incorporating those two different meals. Now that can replace, if it's a slow cooker recipe, that can replace that one night a week where you leave practice late and it's easier to drive through the drive-through, right? Now, you know, Mm -hmm. you have a slow cooker recipe waiting for you when you get home, right? So right with that simple act, you just did two things that you most people want to change, which is eating out less often, right? Because we know that drive-through meals or quick meals or delivery is not as healthy. So, you know, now you just eliminated that. And another desire, which is to make more homemade meals. You have something delicious waiting for you in the slow cooker, right? So that's mm-hmm. the, when you don't know where to start, start with what's simple and what you, what seems doable. Right. And especially, you know, two years ago, I might've told you something a little bit different, but right now I know people are struggling with implementing too many things at once. So that's how I would get started today. Just pick two recipes that you can, you know, incorporate into your week and then go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing to point out, especially if this is something stressful, if it's new, um, maybe pick a day that is not going to be incredibly stressful to um, try implementing that meal, you know, try on a Saturday or a Sunday before you implement it into your weeknight rotation on a day that you'll have time to For sure. you know, get to know this new recipe. So I think that's great advice. And I love that um, we're talking about small sustainable changes, which is something that I'm really big into that, mm-hmm. like you said, you can you can do something major for the short term, just kind of like pushing through on adrenaline. But if you want this change to stick, just starting small, even if it doesn't feel like a lot, will really start to get that change happening. Yeah. And, you know, there are obviously, you know, at Momables, I have weekly meal plans for dinner and I tell parents, okay. You don't have to, just because I plan five different meals for you does not mean that you have to make all five, right? Our, on average, our members make between three and four most weeks, okay? And mm-hmm. that gets them to get three to four different, a variety of meals with a variety of ingredients that add different nutrition throughout the week, okay? And then they can still go to eat out with grandma or go to grandma's house for dinner. They can still you know, uh, do that one night out, uh, pizza delivery or frozen pizza, whatever it is that a lot of families have like, well, but we can't, you know, now I'm not going to make all those meals because we always get pizza on Fridays. I'm like, okay, well, you could still do that. You know? So if you, you can also just get something and whether it's from Mamables or somewhere else, or you sit down and take 10 minutes and write out a plan. If you, if you're like, well, what's really two recipes going to do more than you think, but if you just want it done for you, like I did, I hired help for really inexpensively to help me get started, right? Because we're so afraid mm-hmm. to ask for help. We want all the resources. The information is out there. But at the same time, we don't take that first step of actually doing it because we're like, we have nothing vested in it. So even as it's $5 a month, $10 a month, there's great services that can do it for you with easy to find ingredients that are family friendly. Um, that do all that thinking. So that's the other thing that I did for myself, which is I just hired it out very inexpensively. So somebody else 
could do the thinking for me because I didn't have any bandwidth to figure out the recipes, to figure out the shopping list, to figure out what I could prep ahead of time. You know, so um, that is why I, I I moved to doing that because I was like, wow, that was so helpful for me. I can now do it for mm-hmm. other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring up a good point there that um, it's important to to uh, decide or look at where your bandwidth might be and help that guide how to make this, this change happen. And like you said, you're now doing it for other people. So even if you start out with hiring it out or using a meal prep service or any of those things, that can be a great, um, stepping stool, even if that's not where you want to be in the long term, it can really help to springboard you to where you want to be. So I think that's a really good point. Um, awesome. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit more specifically about those of us, especially we're in January as of this recording. So those of us who are wanting to take steps toward healthier meals with our families and, um, kind of discuss what kind of mistakes are parents making again? And again, we're not doing this to call you out, but to just bring awareness to the problems that I know you all as listeners are facing. But what mistakes do parents make when they're trying to help their families make healthier choices? And to follow that, how can they overcome those mistakes? Yeah, so I had a seven-year stint at feeding therapy and um, worked with a lot of specialists because of this very issue at my house. I had a child who is, was severely um, picky, and I also will put myself there, did not know how to uh, really be encouraging or the way I thought I was being encouraging is was very um, contra indicative of like what I was really trying to accomplish. And so, um, I also went to therapy, which I feel like I became a much better parent because of it. Um, we ended up finding a great team who helped us and now I get to share those things with you. So I am to date, my family does not eat everything. So I want, I'm not here to tell you, Oh, we shop organic and farmer's market (laughs) and 20 different colors of foods a week. And no. Okay. So we are just like you. I also struggle throughout the week in spite of having gone to therapy for years to learn how to ask my child to try new things and such. So, um, I paraphrase that because I want you guys to understand that where I come from is also not perfect where I am today, but I'm still working on it, right? It's a journey. And it's one that I take so that when my kids leave my house, they know how to make choices for themselves, right? They, they, I want them Mm -hmm. to understand that a relationship with food is not just about um, celebrating or feeding ourselves. It's about nutrition and thinking there's some thought into it, right? So what I want for my kids really has to match my actions too. So when I make meals, which is often that somebody says, oh, you know, they kind of, I can (laughs) sometimes now they, now they no longer verbalize it. Okay. But their face can tell, tells me has that sound. It's almost like watching an Instagram story (laughs) on mute. Okay. You can see their face and I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, I serve it anyway. Okay. So the biggest mistake parents make is that they allow that feedback, whether it's verbal or nonverbal, to decide whether or not their child will eat a food. Even though it's a yes. food, we mentally know, well, that there it's in the no list. I really don't care if it's in the no list. It's in the I made it list and it's here list. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the biggest mistakes that parents make when it comes to feeding their kids who want, when they want to eat healthier meals, right? We're picking, say you've already picked some recipes, say you've done other things and um, you're like, okay, well, I made the meal. There it is. And now they put it out or they serve it and their child's like, ah, no. So I want you to take a step back and go, Hey, you did your job by making the meal, right? You made the choice to make a healthier option as opposed to the, the driving through something or using something frozen, or you, ju- you already did the work. Now, all you have to do 
is put it out there. Okay. The meal, the table is like an art gallery. Your job is to put it out and let everyone observe and take home what they want, right? Serve themselves what they mm-hmm. want. So um, the, the, the thought is make sure that at every meal, there is one element that every person will eat. They don't have to enjoy everything. They just have to enjoy one thing. So you don't have to rush out to the freezer or the refrigerator and go give them something else. And if you're there sitting, the only thing my kid's going to eat out of this meal is the pasta. Well, that's okay. Okay. Tomorrow is an opportunity to feed them more protein, right? It's not about we're looking at it in a very myopic, like microscopic view of meal times, which is a per meal view. When we really should yeah. look at this as a per day, per week, right? Some days are very carb heavy. Some days are very protein heavy. That's a lot of like the, you know, when our therapist, my therapist told me like, listen, your child will adjust if you allow them, you know, that he will eat more protein when he and craves it when his body asks for it. That's a lot about intuitive eating before without call it intuitive at the time. It's more like their bodies know what they want and they need. So some days they will load up in carbs and other days they'll really drink more milk. They'll, they'll eat more, you know, rolled up Turkey on repeat and cheese. And like, and it was true. Once I stepped back and allowed, you know, allowed my child to really have a bit more control over what they put on their plate. And I didn't tell them, Hey, you got to try this. No, like that's already implied by serving it on the table. So mm-hmm. now it was like, it was freeing for me, but it was also freeing for my child. The pressure was no longer there to meet my expectations. Right. So yeah. I just served the food. I made sure, I mean, there were meals where my, my daughter, she only ate the, whatever the protein was, because she was like, yep, that has sauce that note that touched something else. And, and I wasn't there to pick. And I would say, okay, if you want to pick out the peas and you, that's fine because you eat all the other elements. Yeah. Oh, but mm-hmm. the peas are touching. I'm like, that's great. Take a spoon and put them in the, I, there's a little small salad plate on the table, take a spoon and take them out. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to teach our kids that there will be things touching, right? There will be uh, sauces a little bit creeping over into the plain white rice. Okay. Well then don't eat the border. I would tell my child, I cannot control the plate and I am not going to go buy some special plates so nothing touches anymore. That's at the very yeah. early stages. We would, I used to have the divided plates because that we were working with a therapist to just help my child visualize some of the foods that they didn't like on their plate, but they didn't have to touch it or eat it. And once they got used to visualizing the foods that they don't like on the plate, they got more comfortable eliminating those little, um, I just use a normal plate from, you know, like where things do slide off or the sauce creeps over. And so you have to take the small steps in order to get what it is that you want at mealtimes. And the biggest takeaway is just serve it and see what happens. Yes, absolutely. And, um, I just have a follow-up question of something that I struggle with because I, I do this. I serve what I'm serving. I don't cater to them or make a new thing if they don't like something, but this is just a struggle that I've run into. And I wonder if you have any advice where I, I also make sure that I serve a safe food at every meal, but you know, kids, sometimes they decide that the safe food is not safe that day. Like they don't want it that they always eat white rice, but today they don't want white rice, nor do they want anything else on the table. So my question is, what are your thoughts or feelings about letting kids go to bed hungry? Is that something that you do? And I think that's something a lot of parents struggle with, that feeling like they're not a good parent if, if their child goes to bed hungry. So the short answer is yes, I experienced that myself now too also. Um, and the biggest uh So I had this very question to our therapist and she said, you know what? You need to do what you normally do. Uh, So a lot of parents will give their child a snack before dinner. I mean, before bedtime, right? So if, but not because they go to bed hungry is because they're, they, maybe you have dinner at five 30, right. And by the time Mm -hmm. they go to, or four 30, like different families have different meal times. So at 
a lot of parents incorporate a bit before bedtime snack, just simply the fact that their dinner is really early. And um, so you need to, as you said, if you have a before bed routine that includes, you know, maybe a piece of fruit or whatnot, that needs to continue, even though they did not eat at bed. So at bed, uh, at dinner time, right? right? If you don't have that, okay, and your child is hungry, and because obviously they didn't eat dinner, and if there are dinner leftovers, that's for you to go. If it's before dinner, they're like, oh, I'm so hungry. You're like, oh, I still have leftovers from dinner. Is there anything that you would like me to heat up for you before you go to bed? And if, yeah, I love uh, that. Like, oh, you're hungry. Awesome. I still have leftovers from dinner. Is there anything you'd like me to heat up for you? I mean, it's, it's almost like, but they, in your, we, we don't offer that because we just said we, in our minds are like, well, they said no at dinner, but you yeah. just said that the rice they always ate, it was because you're making sure that there's a safe food. So then they, now you're giving the power back to the child by saying yes or no. So they're making their own decision, whether or not they want, even if it's that safe food from before. Right. And, um, and so that was challenging to do at first, because it's really hard to break the habits that we, we ourselves have had for a long time. Now, if you're saying, well, what if there's no leftovers from dinner and your child is hungry? So if you're listening to a podcast, you're very likely living in a very, in a first world country and you are having, you have food to feed your child uh, daily. And, you know, but the uh, true hunger is not a problem that you're probably facing. Um, and what I mean by true hunger is nutrition deficiency, uh, not meal. Um, you know, there are kids who do fear where their next meal is coming from. So meal insecurity, you know, if you're listening, you're probably thinking, well, what else can I reach in the pantry for? Right. This is a real question. Yep. So yeah. what I want to encourage you is to put on what my therapist said to me. So I'm not going to say it to you, but I'm going to tell you what I was told. Laura, you need to put on your big girl panties and a big smile on your face and go, oh, Gosh, well, we no longer have dinner leftovers, but because everyone enjoyed dinner, everybody else. So maybe that's okay. Tomorrow is an opportunity to try something else or tomorrow is breakfast is going to be awesome, right? So that's it. Tomorrow breakfast, you make sure they're going to be really hungry. So you make sure you make a nutritious breakfast. There are no Pop-Tarts going out the door or anything like that. It's your job is done for the night is what I'm telling you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow you kind of make sure that there's a bit more nutrition in the next meal, because now we're looking at nutrition in the big picture, right? So yes. not this meal. Oh my gosh, my child is hungry. Oh, they're going to be hungry, really hungry tomorrow morning. Now, I will pair say here, insert a little asterisk that if you have a child that takes medication or is under medical supervision for certain conditions and they need a, um, a true mealtime schedule, then you need to proceed with what your physician has indicated. And, you know, sometimes your child needs um, some type of food to take medications at night. So that's mm -hmm. a little different. I'm really talking about the happy-go-lucky average child that really was being selective or picky at, at dinner and did not and chose not to eat. And there are no longer yes. any leftovers. So that's too bad because everyone else enjoyed it. So that does two things. Number one, it tells them, hey, you missed out. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, but again, it's how we word it. So we're like, oh man, well, we no longer have leftovers because everyone else loved it. So may, tomorrow though, I'm going to make sure breakfast is great for you, period. Yes, I love that. And I really love here that, that you're really kind of giving the power back to moms, which is what this is all about, right? Yes. Uh, you are saying you've done your job. And mm -hmm. as you said, we are not talking about children who are chronically hungry. We're also not talking about children who um, 
I think the problem is here that that parents are my kids are so picky and, no, we and they don't really picky. understand. We support <laughs> their pickiness. Yeah. We're standing there like it's a marathon with a sign on the side of the road going, go, 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 <laughs> except it says, stay picky, stay picky. Say, yes. I'm going to help you get there. Right. And no, uh-huh. it needs to be the opposite. Right. We need to yeah, take and the I power think- back in parenting yep. in a kind, accepting and acknowledging way. Hey, I acknowledge that you're hungry. I, I acknowledge that you chose not to eat and acknowledge that, hey, everyone else enjoyed it. So tomorrow it's going to be awesome, right? It's about our tone. It's about our words. And Uh if you do have leftovers, now you're giving them the choice back, right? You're giving them the power back because mealtime struggles are often a power struggle, right? The child asserting what they want, what they don't want, because honestly, that's like the only time that they can actually do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And non-related, but I had this exact same issue with one of my children with potty training because it's the same thing, right? Even though it's not, we're not talking about, but it was like, I, I was pushing it so, so hard and it was a nightmare until finally I just handed it back to her and suddenly she shocked me with her abilities. And I think that's really important to know for you parents listening that it, you in your mind, have already made this such a big issue that you're, you're like, I know in your head, you're going, this would, that would never work. You don't know my kid. You don't know how picky my kid is. Right. I can just, I can hear that. But oh, once I know you- <laughs> I spent seven years paying for weekly therapy. Okay. Oh, I know how picky your child is. My child would throw up on the table. My child would throw tantrums. I became a very ugly, I would not want to be married to me or be <laughs> my mom. Okay. Because I would lose it at the table. Like I have done it and I have uh, said it and said things I don't mean. And I've fought. And then my therapist would say, what are you doing? You are fighting with a five-year-old. You're 35 years <laughs> old. What are you, what are you trying to win? I was like, but it's the right thing. And yeah. she's like, nobody's keeping score. You are, you're feeding that feeling that you're a bad parent at every meal by trying to be right. It's not about being right. Yes. She would said it's about establishing boundaries and expectations and guidelines day after day. And I was like, she's right. I was trying <laughs> to be right, you know? So no, I do know your child. I, and I also get for, I've been doing this since 2010. So 11 years, I get hundreds of emails over the over, every week over from parents who struggle with this very thing right and it's about really just being kind assertive taking back the power as a parent in a nice way yes absolutely thank you for that and and i think that my audience does appreciate um the realness the vulnerability knowing that Yes, we've experienced some of these things. So kind of shifting a little bit into another topic, obviously still related. Um, Most of us think of meal prep as making a full recipe. uh, And this is something that I talk about a lot. So I'm excited to hear your perspective on it. Um, So they think of meal prep as making a full recipe, dividing it up into containers and then heating that up later. But you have an idea that you call family meal prep. And this is a more practical approach. So what does meal prep look like uh, for you and for families um, that makes more sense than the kind of traditional definition of meal prep? Yes. So I find that because there's only one word to describe the cook the meal and divide it into four containers and you heat and eat, right? And there's the word of chopping, prepping, washing, slicing, and dicing, so, so doing some, what it's called actual food prep. Yes. Right. Uh, there's a, we, we kind of have blended those two words. If I, if I went out into the world and said, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to food prep. People would be like, we're not in a restaurant. Right. Yeah. So how to prep for family meals. It really simply means, Hey, we're going to look at the recipes for the week. Right. Because now I'm assuming that we have made some sort of a plan. Right. And then we're going to look at the recipes and go, hey, these two require a chopped onion, for example. 
So I'm either, instead of chopping an onion at 5.30 or six o'clock at night, right? As I'm cooking the meal, maybe, or, or today I have time tomorrow. I don't. So today I'm going to chop today's onion and the onion for tomorrow. Or maybe I'm going to buy onions pre-chopped and are in my freezer and call mm-hmm. it a day. This is really important. It's really important for you to look at when you make a plan, you can easily see where can I save time? Yeah. Right. So maybe it means buying. And I will tell you, I rarely buy full onions anymore. I just buy everything chopped. They taste the same. They perform the same and I still get, and it helps. It saves me time. So, um, so again, the prep part is what step in the recipe can I do ahead of time so that I can have it ready to go and then just cook the food, right? So you're taking that restaurant concept, right? At a restaurant, they oftentimes have like, if you ever go to, um, you know, think you go to Chipotle and you walk down the, the line, they literally have the food prepped there yep. and you select what goes into your meal. So and that's just like, I wanted to give you guys a visual. So maybe if you have a roasted vegetable, a sheet pan of roasted vegetables, right? You can pre-chop it on Sunday, zip, put in a zip bag or put it in a, on the sheet pan, cover the sheet pan with plastic wrap. And then tomorrow, Monday, you can roast it. You don't have to cook those vegetables and put it in a container and heat it up later. You yes. can if you want to, but you can prep up until cooking, right? So that's what really meal prep means. And what I find, and, and the feedback that I get from our meal plan members is that, wow, that's so enlightening. Like I never thought about it like that. I thought I had to cook the whole meal. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have four hours on a Sunday to prep, truly cook, start to finish. Not to mention that the but quality I don't have 30 degrades. minutes. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. 30 minutes to prep chop and have things ready. And again, because you made a plan, you are allocating those ingredients to something. Right. And my family already knows if something's totally like seasoned or chopped or prepped or marinating, they're not going to go eat it or you know, on something else. We're talking the things that take the most amount of time is really the um the chopping, the slicing, the dicing, the mixing, the mm-hmm. the marinating, the, the things that need measuring, right? So when I when I write a weekly meal plan now, I do incorporate a prep ahead sheet that tells you what you can do ahead of time. And then I let people decide, hey, maybe you want to prep everything on Sunday or maybe you want to do it a lot throughout the week. So yeah. that's really what what I call family prep or food prep or meal prep as in dicing, slicing, measuring anything that you can do ahead of time, not really cooking food start to finish that you can heat and eat. Although that works too. Yes, absolutely. And I want to just touch back on something you mentioned kind of at the beginning where you talked about how you don't buy whole onions anymore. You usually buy dice. And this is something that I that has been a struggle for me. Uh, for some reason, I felt this this perfectionism, this like, um, and I think it stems from being a dietitian and and having a little bit of a fear of processed foods um, and being like, no, I have to, I have to do everything. And I'm, is there really a difference from an onion that the store chops than the one I'm chopping? No, like those are the same thing. While technically they have. Nutritionally like, yes, speaking, there is no difference. Exactly. Just like a, like a frozen vegetable versus a fresh vegetable. Okay. We know this, we know these things, but you just said it, it's the perfectionist in us that makes us go, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's the same. Yep. And so, yes, give yourself a break, moms. This is something that I have not, I I mean, it's very new to me is that idea of really finding those things that I really don't have to do that. It's okay. And finding the things that maybe, maybe you do. And I think that's, that's kind of the balancing act when it comes to processed foods in any way, um, is that we used to kind of say like processed foods are bad and now I feel like it's more of a, it, it, it's murky waters. You have to really learn and know your stuff to figure out, Ooh, that's, that's a choice that is not making a big difference nutritionally. And it is making a big difference in my sanity. So I'm going to choose to use that item where some of the other processed foods, it's worth it to put forth the effort to make your own, but that's kind of a process that you have to figure out and go through on your own and figure out what works for your family. 
Right. So at the very beginning, when I was going through this journey, I used to think like, oh, I just have to roast my own chicken. I'm going to give you an example because uh-huh. a, a grocery store roasted chicken, it's processed. Yep. Like that's literally what I would say to myself, right? That perfectionist was like, well, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to make healthier choices. So, and then what would happen? Well, instead of making that recipe that I could have saved time by just using a rotisserie chicken, I did not make it because mm-hmm. the recipe start to finish was a little bit more elaborate because now I needed to roast my own chicken. So yeah. it was just like, now it adds a whole hour of time. It's not even an active hour of my hands, but it's an hour of time. And so what was, what happens is that when we fall into this perfectionist trap, we actually don't do what we actually, we're, we're, we're less likely to make the meal, right? So we're less likely to do the, the, the step that gets us to what we want, which is to eat a healthier variety of foods in our week. Now we're yep. not doing that because we're like, oh, I, I, I can't, I can't do that. The onions, they're processed or they, the broccoli, it's not fresh. It's frozen. I can't do that. The chicken is already roasted at the grocery or Sam's or Costco, whatever you get it. Okay. It's about taking a step back and going, is this step, this small step of a single ingredient typically, right? Going mm-hmm. to hold me back from making this meal. And if it is, and it's not, you know, it's not like some elaborate sauce or whatnot. It's like an, you know, then my, 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 it's like you just said, it's time to reconsider what is a processed food, reading the label, right? But if it's like a rotisserie chicken or using a frozen, frozen broccoli or frozen green peas or green beans instead of fresh because we don't have any, or actually frozen vegetables are very affordable guys. So, Mm -hmm. but our, my kid does not like frozen vegetables. No, maybe your child does not like steamed vegetables, but they may not mind it finely chopped in, you know, quiches or a different recipe, for example, or in a sauce. So it's a lot about experimenting and making the decision. Is this ingredient going to hold me back? Yes. I love that. I really love that approach. So thank you for that. As that's <laughs> a good reminder for me. All right. Um, I think it's probably a good time to wrap up, but I really just want to know if my audience were to take just one piece of advice from this episode, uh, whether it be about picky eating, whether it be uh, more time-saving tips, what would that one piece of advice be on introducing healthier meals for their families? So my one piece of advice is we hear this all the time, keep it simple, right? So instead of doing an entire overhaul, maybe find three, two to three recipes at the meal that you're most challenged with and start there, okay? Instead of, it's really simple to do this entire overhaul because we want to eat healthier, but the biggest takeaway should be to start with what you can manage right now, right? If every meal and everything is too much, just start where you are, but just start, right? So whatever it is, you know, we, we gave you a lot of tips on, you know, like what to do with the mealtime struggles, what, you know, what, but that is after you've made the meal. Okay. But if you, with the, your biggest takeaway should be just start, just find two to three recipes a week or ask for help. Both work, Right. And do that and incorporate it, incorporate that. Don't overhaul your entire life over eating healthier when it's going to be stressful, right? You're no longer to stick with it long-term. So just start where you are today and eliminate one thing that you've been wanting to do, but maybe it's drive-through night and with a homemade meal. So pick a slow cooker recipe or something that could be waiting for you, right? So start where you are is what I'm saying. Pick one or two recipes a week and start there and then add more as it become more of a habit and something that you do every week. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that we really miss the power of starting small, uh, particularly in um, a society that's kind of all or nothing. So thank you so much. Yes, we're very focused <laughs> on results. Yes, absolutely. I, guys, we're so focused on the befores and afters, right? We want to see the tap to see my pantry fully cleaned or tap here for the result. And that's not what we want. We want to, we want those results will come when you start where you are. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So thank you so much for this enlightening episode. I'm excited to um, try some things and also just remember some of those ideas. So we've kind of dug into some of these issues we have with guilt or perfectionism um, and just kind of resolve to remember that how I am is okay too. So uh, we've, you've talked a lot about some of the services that you offer throughout this episode, but I want to go ahead and drop links to those things in the show notes. So you can, can you just tell my audience where to go if they want to hear more from you, where you're the most active, and specifically what products and, surface, and services you do have available uh, at this time and how they can get them if they want them? Yeah, so if you go to Mommables, just like Lunchables, but mom made, right? So if you go to mommables.com, everything that we talked about, how to get started, whether it's a weekly plan or a complete overhaul, right? Starting where you are, the resources are there for you. There's a ton of free recipes because remember I started as a blog. So if you go to mommables.com, you will find weekly meal plans. You'll find a 30-day done-for-you plan to eliminate the thinking to eat healthier meals with your family. You will find peak eating resources. So mamables.com really is the hub where you can get, you know, the help that you need to get started. And then of course, you can always find me on social, um, both under mamables or my name, Laura Fuentes, you'll find me there. But um, what I, I, I do always encourage parents to go to mamables.com because I have a big YouTube channel. So I record video and I, because I want to show you that you can do it. So um, on, on the website on mamables.com, you'll find everything. Perfect. Well, I'm going to drop that link right in the show notes. So it's easy for you. Thank you again for your time, Laura, and for your insights. I'm so glad you could be here with us and share such great advice. All right, my friends, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Laura. And like she said, all of her resources are available in the show notes. So you can go download a free clean eating handbook. You can also find more information about her on her socials. As for the podcast, the next episode, which will be airing in two weeks, is all about the things that I am no longer making right now in this season with four kids, including a newborn. So I'm letting you know what shortcuts I'm taking now to get through this season of life. So I hope you'll tune in, hope you'll be able to maybe utilize some of these shortcuts yourself, or at least let go of some of the guilt you might be feeling over using the shortcuts and learn something there. So I will catch you guys in two weeks and happy planning.